Today's episode is brought to you by Elite Online Publishing, the brand-building publisher. They help you write, sell, and market your book online. Check them out at EliteOnlinePublishing.com. Also by Book Writing Retreats. Spend six days at the beach and have your book written by the time you get home. Check out BookWritingRetreats.com and find your way to the beach to write your book. This is Hot Chicks Write Hot Books Podcast. If you've always wanted to write a book or started a book and haven't finished it, we're here to give you the advice and tools you need to succeed in getting your book written and published. Hi, I'm Melanie Johnson here with Jen Foster today for our podcast. We want to remind you to please subscribe to us and like us and share us with your friends. And we want you to be a part of um, our ongoing podcast and share it with everybody because you learn so Not only do you learn about becoming an author and how to write a book, but you learn everything that the author is an expert about. So today we have a special guest, um, Dino Watt. Dino is uh, an incredible author. He is going to share with us, he is a relationship expert. And he tells us how you can take your expertise and your rock starness from your business and put it towards your relationships, whether it's uh, family relationships, marriage relationships, and how you take your uh, successful personal relationships and you can transcend that and make those strategies work in your business. So, and today we want to say we are um, also broadcasting live on Meerkat. So we want to say hi to all our Meerkat friends and please like us and subscribe to us there. So Dino, how are you doing? Thanks so much for coming here today with us. Well, thanks for having me. This is already fun, so I'm sure it's going to be really fun. I'm Meerkat people, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bit of a social card. Yeah. I don't totally like... Yeah, I, I know, like, Facebook, <laughs> I know Twitter, I don't get on it that much, but Facebook is, yeah, definitely on there, but Meerkat, I'm assuming it's a live streaming video type thing? Yes, uh-huh, yes, so live stream video, and we want to let you know you're an official uh, honorary hot chick today, and wow. uh, so tell us a little bit about your background and your writing. Well, first of all, it's not the first time I've been called a hot chick, so it's not like news to me. But uh, <laughs> tell you a little bit about my writing. Well, my writing is interesting because I um, I didn't know this until later on in life, but I was undiagnosed dyslexic uh, growing up, and I just couldn't read. I I'm world's worst speller, and so writing a book was a bit of a challenge for me. Um, in my in my original business, the business of marriage, I tried to write a book for probably a good seven years and I could just never I got really good openings and I got a couple of things going and I just really couldn't get the flow uh, the book I finally ended up writing was once I kind of did a transition in my business and I was able to focus my business specifically on one set of people I had my ideal client and I knew who they were and I just really uh, found a niche and I created a, a framework that I was training with, and from that framework, I decided, you know, I'm going to write the book. And I um, wrote the book in about seven months, but that was only about four times. Uh, I said four. I can't even write four times. Uh, see, I'm dyslexic. I, I can't even write. The, do the right same fingers. Um, yeah. Going to a hotel and just cramming in the book for three days straight. I realized I couldn't write at home. I got too distracted, so I went, you know what, let me just go seclude myself away from everybody and everything, and because I was paying for the hotel, it made me 
have more of a uh, push to get the stuff done. And I would just stay awake for like 18 hours and just write and write and write and write. And so I did that four times and I finished the book that way. So that was kind of my process. Awesome. I like how you just dove in and got it done. Yeah, I, I, I just, even in work, I recognize how well I work on certain days. Mondays are always pretty bad for me. I'm gonna, I, I work out later in the day. I'll do errands with my wife through the day just because I recognize that I don't work very productively on a Monday. So I took that same type of philosophy and went, okay, how can I get this done? I feel it in me. I really want to get it out. And that's how I, I found out. I had a friend who had mentioned uh, he has a screenwriter buddy. And um, maybe it was, it might have been Mike Koenigs mm -hmm. who had said that he has a screenwriter buddy who um, buys a round trip train ticket from LA to New York and that's how he writes his screenplays is he gets on the train and he's stuck in the train he can't go anywhere and the whole trip there and the whole trip back it's like a two-week trip I guess altogether because uh, trains go a lot slower and that's how he writes and I thought oh I need to find a process like that and that's what I found so cool that's great. It's that airplane time. I always love airplane time because there's no distractions and you're kind of just stuck there. And I get more done on an airplane, it seems, than anywhere else. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and um, how you got started in the relationship business. Well, I'm from uh, California originally. I was born and raised there until about 10 years ago. Um, my wife and I both grew up in the high desert of California. And... Um, thought I'd spend my whole life there. I love California. I miss it every winter here in Utah. Like when it gets to January, I'm just like, please get me to somewhere warm and sunny. Get me back to California. Um, and uh, about 2006, we decided to move here. And at that time, we were dealing a lot with real estate. Um, we were real estate investors and doing pretty well. But we also saw what was going to happen in the market in California. So sold out of everything there. Moved here to Utah because the market was still doing well, and I was recruited to be a coach for a very large um, real estate investing company. I had no idea how to be a coach. I was never taught how to be a coach, and because of that, I became real successful in coaching real fast because I would tell people, I don't know how to be a coach. I'll just tell you what I did to be successful in real estate, and people really gravitated that because there was... First of all, I was doing it. A lot of coaches actually don't do what they coach on. They are just book learners. And that was very attractive to a lot of people. Um, but also because I was just so open about it. I didn't know there were things that I needed to hold them accountable to or, or not say or whatever. I didn't know there was a formula. Um, and what happened was about six months in, I started getting a lot of couples coming into my, into my uh, group that had a really hard time working together, like just two totally polar opposite ideals of how they would invest in business and do what they do. And so I had to spend a lot of my time, I would spend about 40 of my 45 minutes dealing with their marital issues as opposed to their business issues. So I started trying to show them how they can work better in business together as a couple. My wife and I had worked in business together for a long time. We had just organically created systems in our marriage for everything from communication to intimacy and, and money. And so we, I started telling people about that. And I had one guy come to me one day and just go, you know, this is working really well in our business. We're seeing success and we're working well together, but it's also helping our marriage. 
do you teach something like that? And the light bulb went off and I went, oh, you know what? I wonder if I could show people how to take business principles and put them into their marriage. And I've always been passionate about marriage and relationships. Uh, my parents divorced when I was eight years old. And I tell the story often from the stage about standing on the sidewalk watching as my father packed up his little Honda hatchback and drove away. And me standing there just thinking, what are you guys doing? Like, I could fix your marriage. I mean, my little eight-year-old self, right? I'm sitting there. I literally was saying, I could help you. But I always thought I had to be a therapist or a counselor, and I had to go to college. And as I said earlier, with dyslexia, school was a little difficult for me. And I had such terrible experiences with therapy and counseling when my parents were going through the divorce that I didn't want to do that. And um, so this kind of fit, and I realized, hey, people would still allow me to help them out with their relationship as long as I could get them results. They didn't care about the background or the degree. And so I started this program called The Business of Marriage, and it gained traction really quickly. And I got a lot of people who were really interested in it and had a very successful author, actually, uh, here locally, who hired me to help him with his marriage. And because we got great results, he told all of his friends and family about it, or not family, but friends, who happened to be chiropractors, orthodontists, and dentists. And so my business kind of gravitated towards I was the, ma the marriage guy for chiropractors, orthodontists, and dentists. And about four years ago, I had one of my dentists come to me and say, you know, this is helping me so much in my marriage. My marriage is so much better. All these systems are great. But I'm married to like five other ladies in my office. I have work wives. Can you help me with that? And that was the next full circle aha moment that took me back to business. And I went, yeah, I could do that. And I went in and I started giving them systems inside their business to start focusing more on their relationships. Because the fact is, everything is attached to relationships. Yeah. Everything. There's a, actually there's a great Harvard study that is out right now. Um, that is a 75-year-old study where they took a group of, it was 150 uh, Harvard students who were in their freshman year. This was way back 75 years ago. And then a group of uh, 150 kids from Chicago's worst, most poverty-stricken neighborhoods. And they tracked them over 75 years. Over four, uh, Now they're on their fourth researcher who is doing this, the study still. And every two years, they checked in with them. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to find out what creates success, success in health, success in, in, in marriage, success in business. And the thing that they've come to find over 75 years of this research, of this data, has shown that the most important driver for success in life is the power and strength of relationships. And they've seen it, and they can track it with health, for example. People who have healthy marriages that are, and that doesn't mean you don't fight, it just means that you have healthy marriages. They live four years longer than the average person. If you are have good relationships in general at the age of 50, you're gonna have better health at the age of 80 than someone who has bad relationships at the age of 50. You're gonna That's die amazing. sooner before you have. Yeah, isn't it crazy? So I love relationships, and, and I think everything is built on relationships. So super long answer to your short question, but that's how I got into doing what I do. That's great. I really liked how you said um, he had five other you know marriages in the office, because, and I like that you used that word, because it's not like he was, he's a polygamist, because we don't do that here anymore in Utah, <laughs> but it was, you're, you're saying, 
what you're saying <laughs> what you're saying is that you know those relationships have to be treated almost like that so you can keep those employees or keep that team together in a dental office I see lots of times where you know you're having different identities come in different receptionists every time and it's because they don't have that going on and they gotta have that relationship not only in the home but also at work absolutely yeah it's, it's vital I don't allow my uh, team my uh, dentist my clients to call their employees their staff Mm-hmm. Because a staff is an infection that nobody wants, right? We we make them call them a team because this is how we win together. Super Bowl just happened. The Broncos didn't win just because of their quarterback. They won because the entire team came together, and that's how you have to think about it. So, yeah. I love it. That's such a small shift with one word, but it's really huge. Versus staff, it sounds like someone you're over. Team is that we're all working together towards a common goal. And um, even as a family, like you say, you know, we're working together. It's not the individuals. It's um, probably a lot of those little shifts. Do you have other things that are like that that you would say are little shifts um, in thinking or in verbiage that make a difference? Yeah, we, we spend a lot of time with our clients. And, and my business now has pretty much become primarily helping out in the business side of things and creating that relationship inside the office. Um, but we spend a lot of time, especially at the beginning, focusing on three very specific areas. Number one is, is the dentist or orthodontist vision. What exactly do they want for this program and for their, their office? What is their ultimate goal for their office, for themselves, and for the world? And that's literally something that we brought over from the marriage side of things because a lot of couples don't think about their relationship in a the future vision part of things. They let, they let life happen to them as opposed to designing their life based upon this is the goal and let me reverse engineer it and this is what I need to do today in order to get here. That's the first thing we work with dentists. And the second thing that takes a huge shift for a lot of people to get is we focus on their core values as a company and most companies will go, oh no, 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 we got core values like we totally believe in integrity and customer service. Who doesn't have that core value? Like what company is going, no, we're not about integrity. No, we don't care about customer service. Everyone does that. So it's not unique. So we help them focus on changing words, like you're saying, you're pointing out there. We make them create, as a company, a list of core values that are what they're about every day. How are they showing up every day? And that list becomes what we call the hiring and firing list. So give us some examples of what might be on that list. Yeah, so um, instead of delivering, uh, instead of just great customer service, every patient's a rock star, okay? Mm -hmm. Instead of uh, integrity, we have radical transparency. Instead, mm -hmm. and, and, and by the way, I'm just throwing some out that my clients have thought of because one of the things that's really important is I don't put anything on them. I want them to organically create that because, uh, as you know, the great Brennan Burchard says, people support what they create. Mm -hmm. So we let the, them come together. We have a huge exercise that we do that takes a long time. Um, but they'll come to, uh, I, this is one of my favorites, and, and a lot of people adopt this once they hear it is, we only have good days and great days. So a lot of companies will say, you know, oh, we're happy, or we, uh, we um, have a good attitude, positive attitude. That's a real popular one, positive attitude. Well, 
Okay, but what about if you had only good days and great days? That sets the bar a lot higher. We're going to allow you to have a good day too, but it's good and great. That's it. So it's little things like that. And those words, I think words are very powerful. So we don't just change the word from staff to team, but you don't have a front office person or a front desk person. You have a customer concierge. You have a director of first impressions. You don't have an op. Right, and so you have a you have a, a client advocate. So everything that that when we come when it comes to words, I mean, hopefully we're all authors here, right? Yeah. Words are so important, and the right word can totally change and transform the way that I think about what I do. So I used to be known as the marriage guy, but I gotten I transformed the business a lot into the uh, my business into the business side of things. So I had to think, and I was like, well, what really am I going for here? I'm not a relationship guy. I'm the relationship expert. And that just transforms things. I wrote the book, literally, on how to have better relationships inside your private practice. Mm -hmm. So it's little shifts like that. And I think if more people thought about that throughout their own day and thought about that for themselves, of who they are, what they're taking a stand for, because my stance, my mission in life is very clear. And so because I know that and I'm very clear about what I do for people, it just makes a huge shift in how I show up every day. You know, we, I kind of joke at the beginning about not being very, you know, socially apt. But I realized a lot of young entrepreneurs, a lot of young business owners spend a ton of time going to – every networking meeting they can and going to every mastermind they can and getting on every social media they can. And I realized, you know, I, my job is to not just do stuff, but to get stuff done. So as a relationship expert, where can I do the highest and where can I have the highest and best use of my time and make the greatest impact? Yeah. I can you know, be um, kind of shifting over when you were saying the word, since we're in the publishing business and we're here to talk about being an author as well, that you said that little shift is I'm not just the relationship guy because I wrote a book, I'm the relationship expert. Yep. And that is such a huge deal. Like people say, well, why should I write a book? I have this business. People know I'm the, you know, tile guy, the relationship guy. I'm the, this, you know, the sales guy, the insurance guy. Well, but are you the expert? And once you have that validation that you've written a book, you have that brand that you have people that have validated that you are an expert. And when you work with us, you become a number one bestseller and it raises that status even more that, hey, I've had enough people that have said that I'm the expert, I'm a number one bestseller, um, which adds even more icing on the cake from there. And I think when you're trying to sell your services or your time, that makes a big difference in your mindset of shifting that now I'm the expert. How did that um, make a difference from you for your business being able to say that after you wrote your book? What kind of things did you see happen? Well, I, I actually think it happened more in myself before it happened in my business, right? Like, I think some people will claim that expert status without having the goods to back it up. And so I had to put myself and go, like, man, if I'm going to call myself this, it was actually a, a mutual friend, I'm sure, Nick Nanton's book, the, um, the um, I want to say branding, but it's not. It's story selling in yeah. that book, mm -hmm. where he talks about, you know, claiming that expert status and, and status. And when I was reading that, I was like, man... That's that's really gutsy. That's really, you know, I could be the marriage guy, but am I the expert at this thing? And I had to personally get to the place in my life where I, where I can say, 
I am the best in the world at what I do. And I am. No one in the world does what I do, especially in the space that I do it. No one works in both the marriage and, the, and their business together and can tie these two together in such a strong and powerful way. So I had to believe, have that belief in myself. So that's first. And sometimes I believe you kind of, for some people, have to fake it till you make it, right? Have to claim it and then do the thing that allows you to say, yes, I am. But the moment I made that shift and I, I, and I truly got to that belief system, it was for the business, it just made a shift in what I would and would not accept that I do in my day. So what I was talking about with, like, I feel really bad. So I, I'm speaking at an event coming up. I haven't been to an event here in Salt Lake in my own home state maybe two years. And I've only been back in the state because my family took a year-long road trip across the country. I've only been back for like two and a half years. <laughs> so I just don't I, – I focus on I, – I figure, look, I need to claim my mountain. I'm the king of the mountain that I'm on. And the more I go and go, oh, that's a cool little thing. I could go to that thing over there. When I'm over on somebody else's mountain or I'm trying to build a new mountain, I'm missing all the people who are trying to get to me on this mountain. Right. So I really – it just changed the way that I think about approaching – uh, do I miss the people I got to hang out with? Sure. That's what Facebook's for, right? Like, they can feel like I know them because I see what's going on in their life. But I think that made a big shift uh, for me. And then definitely writing the book. I got to tell you, I did the smart thing, which I would assume and hope that everybody who's listening to this does too. I hired people like you to help me get to number one. Because I was, when I was writing the book, I was kind of like, well, I'm going to write the book and Writing the book is good enough. I can say I'm an author. I had no like, ain't thought of becoming a best-selling author. And then I had a, I had a friend uh, who I was at an event, and that friend said, hey, you should hook up with this, this girl who I know about. This is not hook up. That sounds terrible. You should get to know this girl uh, that I know. Um, and and I, you guys are good friends with her, Carrie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... We started talking, and I told her, I'm like, I don't care about being a best-selling author. And she goes, well, hold up for a minute. And she started building the case for why it's a smart thing to do. And by the end of that phone call, I was like, you know what? That would be kind of cool. So I didn't know how to do it on my own. I'm an expert at relationships. I'm not an expert at how to become a best-selling author. It is, I think, a waste of time, energy, effort, and money for people to try to do it on their own when there are people like you guys out there who can show them exactly what to do. Right. If they're not a book selling, a number one best-selling book author, get out of that business. I don't do my own plumbing. Um, I don't do my own dry cleaning. I don't want to figure it out. I, I do what I'm best at. I do work on some things that I care about as a hobby, but Becoming a number one best-selling book author is not about having a hobby. It's about finding the professionals who know what they're doing, and it's so important. So I'm very glad that I did, and it, and it does. It shifts your brain because I can sit in a room full of all these PhDs, these doctors, these orthodontists, and I don't have any numbers in, uh, or letters behind my name. I, I graduated from a technical school. I have a degree in makeup artistry, which we can go into that later on, but... <laughs> I can stand in front of this group of people, and no matter what degrees they have, I can say, 
yeah, I'm an international best-selling author, and boom, all of a sudden, in some of these places, I'm actually a little more higher status than they are. Right. Well, tell me, out of the things that Carrie told you, what were some of the compelling things that you remember about becoming a number one best-selling author? To be yeah, I, well, I think it, to understand that, it's important to understand my mindset beforehand. So I was involved in a, a, a acquaintances of mine years ago, probably six years ago. So all of Amazon and all that stuff was still rather new, and, and he was doing a bestseller book launch. And what he did is he had me and had, you know, he asked me to, and I was happy to, he's a good guy, spread the word to all the people on my list to buy his book at like 3 a.m. on a Wednesday night so that he could be a best-selling author for one minute so he can claim best-selling author. And I just thought, that is lame. Like, I'm an expert at what I do. I'm not a cheater at what I do. I'm not a kind of got there guy. So I thought that it was kind of this whole rigged system that I was going, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. I just left a bad feeling. So when I explained that to Carrie, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. You didn't understand. This is how we do it. And we're going to keep you on best-selling for a couple of days, if not weeks. We're going to do this and that. And she started explaining this whole process to me and that she had a herd and putting that herd together with mine and all this stuff. I went, oh, well, that's cool. And the result of that was, I mean, I beat out four-hour work week for two days straight. Yeah. Okay. I, would, I, I, I beat some of our, I know some people, you know, like uh, Jeff Walker's book, mm -hmm. Launch. Um, I, I was up there with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, I was, I, all these things that I didn't even imagine. So that transformed even just the only way that I, the legitimacy of a real bestseller, because I'm sure people are watching are like, oh yeah, I've heard about people doing this and the other. When you have people like the two of you who know how to do it, you don't have to be a big publishing house and have a huge budget behind you. You can have it go viral. That's the beauty of our world today is the virality of what we can do. And when you guys, when we have people like you, the two of you who know how to do that, look, let's be honest. Yes, it's a game. But I'd rather know how to play the game to win than try to figure out the game as I'm going along. Right. Or cheat. I had, um, I had met a, uh, a fellow publisher in our business the other day, and uh, none of her books were number one bestsellers. And I said, well, I noticed – you know, none of your authors are number one bestsellers. And uh, she gave us that same thing of, well, it's just, you know, I just don't really believe in it, that you're monkeying with the system, blah, blah, blah. And so I explained to her more what you had just said. And um, then she was like, well, do you think you could do that for my authors? Like, if I have authors that want to do that, could you do that for us? And I thought, yeah, you were poo-pooing it because you don't know how to do it. And yep. you don't know how to do that for your authors and give them that support and have those tools and systems for them. So, But then when she thought, oh, well, if you'd be willing to do that for my authors, then, yeah, that would be great. That would be so wonderful. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, what a lot of people don't understand, so I have a really good friend who um, is a book uh, – She's an author, but she used to work for one of the really big um, publishing houses locally and has done a ton of stuff. And, I mean, she's telling me about the stuff, the big publishing houses, what they do to really rig the system for these best-selling books, right? For the New York Times best-selling books. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, look, I used to work for years ago. I'll call him out because he'll, he'll, he'll tell the story too. I used to work years ago for T. Harv Eker, the author of The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He sold the book for two years before it was even published. At all of his big events, stacked up the numbers, and then all of a sudden, when it was published, boom. You know, all these people bought the books without ever receiving anything. Boom. Sends them out there. And, of course, in one week, he becomes bestseller, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and New York Times. Well, because they counted all the books he had sold for two years previous to that. Yep. Yeah. So there's, like I said, everything's a game. Business is a game. Marriage is a game. Parenting is a crazy Olympic game. You know, like, it's, there, there's so many games to play, but if you know how to play them, and you can play them by following the rules, then that's where integrity comes from. Yes, if you have to cheat the system... If you like, I don't like the word cheat. I I think if you know how to use the, if you have skills within the system. No, no, no. I think that there's the skills within the system that are legitimate, that are great. And I think there are people who, who do. I I think buying two thousand copies of your own book from a regular publisher. I don't think I I, I would consider that a little cheating for me. Yeah. But what you guys do is using the rules that are there. And using the skills that you have and getting legitimate people up to the number one status, the bestseller status. I actually think, like, I know just watching what Carrie went through. I'm like, I, I don't want to know. That's, that's a full-time job. Pay the person who knows how to do it and be involved in the process. But it's a talent and a skill just like I don't do my own taxes. Why? Because my CPA knows how to get me the best tax return or allows me to know how, where to write things off legitimately way better than I ever would. And it's not worth my time doing it. I'd rather pay him. I'd rather pay you guys to do my book. Well, I really liked how you said like it, it's a game. All these different things are a game. Because what's behind that game is a system. Yes. And there's a system behind a marriage. And yep. even though it is a game and you have to do this and that and the other to make the relationship work, is a system behind that for it to work the proper way so you can be successful. And I really like that you use that word because un behind that word is a system and the yep. tools and systems is what gets you to what you want and gets you the goal that you're seeking. Well, and those systems are, are the, the workout, right? Like when you look at a Michael Phelps who plays in games, what he does is he plays a game. He has to know all those systems, those tools, that practice, to get him to win. Everyone else is in that pool is playing the exact same game. Mm -hmm. It's just whoever is able to work that system the best is going to win. We've all agreed it's a game. All the way down to Monopoly, right? So give us um, like your top three to five uh, system skills that we should have for a relationship slash business that work from your book. Uh, I mentioned uh, number one from from my book. My book has actually like four basic principles. Okay, the four basic principles I call it the core. And the core, the reason why I came up with that is because, as you can tell, I'm an avid worker outer. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do like to work out, but I I've, I actually grew up a dancer. I was a ballet, tap, and jazz dancer when I was growing up. And one of the things that you always hear whenever you're working out with a trainer or if you see any dancers that if they don't have a tight core, 
that everything else is going to fall apart. You'll hear trainers always say, oh, strengthen the core, you know, tighten your core, tighten your core, and whatever. With dancers, when you're doing those pirouettes, if you don't know your grounding and your center, you're not going to be able to do a lot of them. So I always equate everything back to the body and going, okay, well, if I'm going to strengthen my core, cool thing about that is no matter what I'm doing, it's going to also, because attached to it, strengthen that part of that appendage. Well, the core for a business, the, the four parts are your culture. You have to know what your culture is and have a really strong culture because everyone has a culture. You either have a culture by disdain, meaning that it just happened and you didn't really put any energy to it. and Typically, it's by the strongest personality in the office. Uh, you have a culture by uh, default, which is, hey, we're doing what everybody else is doing, and, you know, we're doing all right. We're making some money. We're good. Or you have a culture by design, meaning you are putting effort, energy. You know what your vision is. You spend every day designing out how to get to that thing. The O is for operations. And a lot of people think of operations as, like, the way, the way you do the thing you do. Mm -hmm. I look at operations as why you're doing the thing you're doing, starting with, why do you have these people around you? Are you hiring people who have a motivator beyond a paycheck? Is, do, do they have a why? You know, we always hear about Simon and Scenic start with why. It's, a, it's fascinating how many people do hire just to fill a slot. Well, you know, they're qualified. They're a decent enough person. Yeah, I'll put them in there. Mm -hmm. um, so the O is for operations. And then that goes all the way through what your systems are. What are you doing in your business that is getting in the way of your business being successful? And this is a lot of professionals. I had a client once, I remember, we get on the phone and he was like, oh man, it's been a rough three days, our computers have been down. And I'm like, yeah, that, that stinks when computers go down. He said, yeah, I have, I've tried to fix them for three days straight, I've, and this is orthodontist. And he's talking about how he's been trying to fix his computers, and I went, whoa, 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 wait. Are you a computer IT tech? I didn't know that, I thought you were an orthodontist. He goes, well, you know, I dabble. I like to dabble. And I'm like, dabbling for three days is stupid. Hire the dude, have him come in, fix it in two hours, and get back to doing your job. But a lot of orthodontists, that's an extreme example of a lot of little things that orthodontists and dentists and professionals try to do on their own because they think they have to do it themselves. The R is for relationships, which is obvious because that's the center of everything. So the first relationship is with yourself. You have to, you cannot, you know, give from an empty cup. I deal with a lot of doctors who are givers who don't receive well, so they are burnouts. Uh, dentists have the highest suicide rate of professions in the country. They're five times more likely to kill themselves than any other professional. So huge. So uh, suicide addiction to some sort of substance abuse. Uh, and uh, divorce are the three main areas that I focus on. But with their relationships, it's them, then their team, then the customer. The customer actually comes last. It does not come first. Because if you have a strong team and you fix and you focus on your team, they're going to take care of your customers. And then the last thing is excellence. How do we take ourselves to the next level? How do we get beyond good to best? And there are certain very specific things that the best companies in the world do to take themselves to excellence. So culture, operations, relationships, and excellence is the, are the th four areas that if you just focus on those things, that's it. You're going to have an amazing business. That was so great. What excellent content. We're going to eventually get that uh, transcribed and have it as a white paper that we can post up on our site and put it on our uh, blog and newsletter, if you don't mind. That was just Absolutely. phenomenal. 
Absolutely, that'd be great. I'd be honored. All right, tell us uh, the website where we can everyone can find you, and we're going to put your book also on Elite Online Publishing and Hot Chicks, so um, people can buy your book. But tell us where your website is and um, where we can find you. Yeah, it's just my name, dinowatt.com, and it's D-I-N-O-W-A-T-T, no S.com. That's where you can get all the information uh, about me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I might not tweet Twitter, twit, tweet you. I might not tweet you. But, but not like meerkat people. You're meerkatting today. We're gonna love meerkat. I I gotta get up on meerkat. I guess I guess gotta get in the uh, official. Is it a? Just had a request to restream this. So there you go. Oh, um, cool. the, um, meerkat people, if you want, probably in four or five days, it will be on iTunes for Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast. You can find it there, and you can watch it over and over again. Um, you can also find it on Stitcher Radio. Same thing, Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. You can find the link at Elite Online Publishing. So we put our podcast link right there. You can find it there, too. And we do book writing retreats. So if you're interested in getting your book written and you want to come um, stay a week with Jen and I down in the islands in the Dominican Republic, we will help you get your book written. You'll have your book written in a week and you'll have your social media up and uh, we will make you a number one bestseller. I know that's a big claim, but we've done it before, so we can do it for you too. And uh, if you don't have time to go down to the island for a whole week, then you know what? We'll work with you individually. And we are getting ready to put out a little... Um, seminar and so we'll keep you posted on what we're going to do with that but we're going to start doing some seminars as well so thanks for joining us again Dino Watt make sure you find him and get his book and uh, thanks for joining us Dino you're super absolutely I appreciate it and let me just say if you don't have time to go down to the Dominican Republican to the Dominican Republic to get a write a book and get a number one best-selling book you definitely need to get a number one best-selling book so you can get the time to go down and do something like this that's so true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then you two will be able to say you are the expert after your name and author in front of your name. I like it. So yep. author Dino Watt, the relationship expert. So that's a great title. Everyone should have that title, and we'd like to help you get there. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time on Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right, we're gonna. For more information, visit hotchickswritehotbooks.com.